Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Good morning, 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 and happy Friday, good people. It is October the 7th, 2022. Y'all decided to wake y'all ass up with Ray G. But for that, I appreciate you. Shout out Fizzle Dollars for the intro song. Dope. Go check out his stuff. Whoa. And that's all I can say about last night's game. Whoa. Not good. Not good at all, people. Shout out to our sponsors, Prize Picks. Use the promo code WAKEUP. Get you $100 free. Go put those bets in. Go place those player props. It's real fun, right? Win some money at the end of the day. Use the promo code WAKEUP. Newsletter dropped today. The All Gas Newsletter is free 99. Subscribe to that. 4D Dynasty Chess, Off the Line Fantasy Football. And Jay, I, I got to bring you in because oh. we had a um, a Destination Devi team member. And I'm, I'm kind of fuzzy, man. I'm kind of fuzzy. We had a Destination Devi team member who was down for the count. <laughs> I, the other half of Off the Line Fantasy Football, my man Eugene and Ike, they do Off the Line Fantasy Football on DD. He tore his Achilles tendon, man. He tore his Achilles tendon two days ago. So I want to wish my brother a speedy recovery. Yeah. Uh, no excuses. I still expect the podcast next week. Uh, he has surgery on Wednesday. I tore my Achilles and did the damn show on Monday. After <laughs> after two days, I did the show. So I, I don't. I don't. Uh, I, I still expect their podcast to be out at at regularly scheduled times. But shout out to Ike, man. Hopefully he gets better soon. I'm going through it with him. So two of the yep. DD team members have torn Achilles. So Jay, I'm not. You, I'm not hanging out with y'all you, no more. You I might want to stay away, man. You might want to stay I told, away. I told um. I told Gene, the other member of Off the Line, I am not playing football anymore. That is it for me. Like I'm not as old as you guys. No disrespect, of course. Come on, bro. Um. No disrespect, man. I'm just saying I'm not as old as you guys, but I'm feeling oh, it. The pressure is mounting for me. You know, every day my knees hurt a little bit more. Yeah. My ankles hurt a little bit more. Seeing you guys tear your Achilles. Um, but Ray, I do have to give a shout out to Ike because Ike didn't go to the hospital. He just, he he just went, went home. home. He just, he just he threw just some dirt home. on it. He just went brushed home. Brushed it off. What right. Achilles. He you know what I'm saying? Home. It was pretty funny. So I, uh, for those of y'all that don't know, when I, when I tore mine, man, me and Jay Rich had to go to the ER in Cleveland. Cleveland Medical. Shout out Cleveland Medical. Uh, yep. not, the, not the prettiest hospital I've ever been to or seen, but we were there all night long. And I come back home and I'm thinking, man, I haven't gotten a bill for this. Maybe my insurance <laughs> uh, covered it. Oh, they found me. Jay Rich, they found me all the way in Dallas. Oh, yeah. The bill is hit. And it is not pretty. It is not pretty. So I need to go pay that today at some point. Uh, oh, I've got a. I got my coffee coming in. Jake, got my coffee coming in. Thank you. Oh, uh, do shout you? out. Good. Yep, yep. Michelle Adoro, coffee oh, sponsor. So Beautiful. Good. It's it's at the top. It's at the tip top. Let me get a little. So good. So Ooh, good. Shit. I have like it's three hot. of these a day now. Ooh. It's not good. It's Ooh. not. Good. All right. Well, what else wasn't good was that game last night. And I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Um, I cut it off. Two minutes into the third quarter, I ended up seeing the end yep. of the game. I saw Russell Wilson miss KJ Hamler. Wide it, open. Oh, I'm, I'm asking, right? We we keep saying, don't panic. Don't panic. It's early. What are we doing with Russ? What are we doing with Russell, Russell Wilson in Dynasty? Where where do you, I don't even know where he's ranked. I'm going to go to Keep Trade Cut, our favorite All crowdsourced right. uh, rankings engine. But just your thoughts on the game, man, and – these weapons, oh. right? You know, Judy, Sutton. We were talking about Jerry Judy was open all night. He was open yeah. all night. Jerry Russ Judy should have had times. a buck fifty. Should have had a buck fifty receiving, and Russ couldn't hit the blind side of a barn. What are we doing with Russell Wilson and Dynasty? What are your thoughts, man? 
It's funny because well, first of all, you who know, won the game? We, who won that? Who won that well, game? The, what was the score? The, of the Colts game? won uh, twelve to nine, I believe. Went in nine nine. Colts came in, kicked a field goal. Then Broncos came in, didn't kick the field goal, went for the touchdown, didn't get it on fourth and one. Stephon Gilmore, um, he had a great game. You know, outside of just he had the pick in the end zone to almost seal it, or at least to bring them back. And uh, but going back to Russell Wilson, he is uh, he's not good. We talked about him on Wednesday. Is he a buyer? Is he a sell? And I said, you know what? I think good things are coming for us. Buy you him. said he was a buy. Right? You told people I he did. was a buy. And it's just it, it's crazy because if he threw touchdowns, he would be fine. He mean you know twenty one for thirty nine is not great. Fifty percent is really you know that's, that's bad. Not that's struggling. Not for QBR a two fifty million quarterback. To a QBR of 15.9 out of 100, obviously not good. That's probably in the Justin Fields range. 274, though, through the air isn't bad. The two picks obviously are awful. Um, Sutton, 74 yards on five receptions, 11 targets. Jerry Judy, three for 58 on eight targets. Not so concerned with those guys. It's the quality of targets that aren't as good as we expect from Russell Wilson. They are getting targets, but they're not the quality we expect. Russ isn't on his game, and I think you have to be somewhat concerned, but in some ways, at the same time, like if he just completes a few more passes and he just kind of like he just tightens things up a little bit, he would be really good. Like he's not throwing any touchdowns. I'm pretty sure they have the lowest touchdown rate in the red zone. And these are things that just you don't expect to keep up from a quarterback of his caliber. And maybe it's the new offense. Maybe it takes them, you know, eight or so weeks to really get it going. And that sucks. But once it finally clicks, it is going to be really good for them. You know, the running game will struggle a little bit. It wasn't that great until about the fourth quarter last night. But I think they can get it right. I think the problem is, is that how patient can we afford to be with Russell Wilson and Dynasty? And do you even want to do that? Like, would you sell him for a first right now to get out, knowing that he could kind of, you know, return some right, value? Right, right. But I, I, I would mean, you get out of the first? I'm the guy that has little patience, and I, I, I feel like it doesn't seem like Nathaniel Hackett is doing a good job coaching that team, first of all. It seems like he's just... The play calls think, are strange. From what you saw yesterday, though, do you think I? Because in my opinion, that narrative is a little bit tired. Like I think okay. that Russ is the one who's okay. Not, no, not no, in, no, no, not no. In, you're right. You're right. In the wholesale sense, right? right? But I think that like he was calling plays that could could have worked if Russ was making the plays, right? And he's not. Like even that play where you saw Hamler wide open, that has to be the first read. There I wasn't even anybody else open. But but so, what I'm saying, you're right. That Nathaniel Hackett is not an excuse for Russell Wilson's play. Right. You are yeah. absolutely right. That is a tired excuse blaming the coach for simple reads that the quarterback isn't making. But if the quarterback and the coach aren't on the same page philosophically, yeah. right, you're going into the game plan. Russ doesn't feel comfortable. Nathaniel Hackett wants to run it his way and they're not they're not gelling. I'm just asking, could that be a contributing factor to what's going on? Right. The offensive line isn't sure. playing well. I, it's it's just hard for me to believe that Russell Wilson is like just done, just cooked, right? Like it, it's hard for me to just believe that he went from being a very good NFL quarterback, right? Say what you mm -hmm. want, DJ, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, strong run game to nothing. What it, what it looked like last night to me was th their best player was no longer there. Javonta Williams is their best offensive player. Yep. Um, Melvin had a couple of nice runs towards the end of the game. I mean, Late, literally yeah. four minutes left in the fourth quarter, but they just look like a team that has no identity. They don't look like they, they look like they're in between trying to be a run heavy team, uh, throw the ball downfield, quick passing game. It just doesn't seem like there's any cohesiveness to that offense. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think that's that's why it's like I don't necessarily want to give Russ a pass. And I, to your point, we can't give Hackett a whole pass. It's his offense, right? He's the one calling the plays. He's the one running it, and they're not executing. That is on him just as much as it is on Russell Wilson. But I think, you know, at the same time is I don't know how much time to give these guys because Russ has only ever been in one system, right? Like it took Aaron Rodgers a couple of weeks to get acclimated to Matt LaFleur's system, and that's Aaron Rodgers, right? Tom Brady had some hiccups early on with Bruce Arians, right? So like these things do happen, but if you're not a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, how long is that acclimation process, right? And is Hackett the guy that can acclimate a quarterback quickly? And I think both of those things are in the negatives right now. Hackett's not a guy who can help this team and this offense understand it to where they can execute it properly. And Russell Wilson's not the guy that's going to elevate the offense quickly the way we expect of some of these Hall of Fame quarterbacks when they go through a coaching transition. And so it just comes down to, for me, is like, Ray, how long do you think we give this offense? Because you're saying you're kind of like out in some ways, like you don't really want to be patient anymore. 
But I think, you know, no, I can do. we afford I think to I... wait eight weeks for these guys? Because well, even Nathan like Sutton's it. been fine. Nathan said it. We give Justin Fields a harder time with much less than what Russ has been doing this year. You know, like we we get on here and we slam Fields week after week about how awful he's been. And it there is data that su- supports he's got the worst receiving core in the NFL, the worst offensive line in the NFL, a coach that doesn't want to throw the ball. And we give Justin, we we hammer him week after week. And yet, you know, whether he and Hackett are on the same page or not, you are a $245 million quarterback. And I know only 160 is guaranteed, but you signed a quarter of a billion dollar contract. It, I, I don't want to hear that you can't get the ball to Jerry. Like, you need to make those throws. You need to get yeah. it to Cortland Sutton. You need to utilize your tight. You need to be a floor-raising quarterback, the floor-raising quarterback that you were paid to be. So as far as Dynasty, I'm looking at some players ranked ahead of him or right below him. So Russ right now in keep trade cut, QB 14, uh, and ha- or directly ahead of him is Kenny Pickett, Trey Lance, Tua, Dak, Watson, T-Law. Would you take Russ over any of those guys? Pickett, Lance, Tua, Dak, or Deshaun Watson or T-Law? I think I might take him over Pickett. I don't know. What, uh, where would you stand? Where could, can you give me some clarity there? Where do you well, right, stand with right Pickett behind him? Let Ross. me just give you who's directly behind him. Zach Wilson okay. at 15, Derek Carr, Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers, Mac Jones, Matthew Stafford, Justin Fields. I'd I probably, think he's in a fine range. I'd, I'd take him I ahead of Pickett. I'd still take him ahead of Pickett, so yeah. I'd put him right there at QB 13. And yeah, I, the Tua thing is scary, man. We talked about Tua yesterday, man. Um and I'm asking the audience, right? Let's interact with our people today. Has anybody out there heard anything revolving Tua and his long-term prognosis or outlook? Like what, and I'm just saying, like, was it just a normal concussion or was this, I don't know, severity levels to concussions. I, I don't know brain injuries. I don't know. I don't know how that works, but when he was on the field and motionless for, it felt like 10 minutes, right? It seemed bad. Yeah. It was scary. There were people saying that, you know, multiple concussions, brain trauma. You're seeing other doctors come out saying Tua needs to retire. Like, you need to retire. I, I don't know any of his medical stuff. I'm just, where is your sentiment right now? Like, is this a player? I mean, you have that to in, be concerned, in, in, right? In, in, in Dynasty, you can do one of two things. You can sell now and just get out. Just be like, I don't, yeah. I don't want to deal with it. He's 24 years old. He's already, he's had multiple tightrope ankle surgeries in college. He fractured his hip, which people thought that was career-ending. He had two yeah. concussions in a matter of five days, and or one confirmed concussion and one concussion that we thought everyone believed he had a concussion. Uh, what are you doing with Tua right now? Like he's somebody that I'm not buying. I know that for sure because yeah. the worst thing that could happen, like. You hit the button. The, the worst case scenario is he doesn't play the rest of this year, right? Brandon Cook's treatment. Like, he's just out. We're just not going to play him. Yeah. Like, what do you do with him? Like, we just had to, what do you do with Tua right now? I mean, I would sell him for a first if I could get it, right? Wow. Like, I don't think, I don't know how you decline that offer because you just can't expect him to play week to week. And that's unfortunate because, you know, head injuries are something that can be on a player, but at the same time, it's like, you know, everyone gets hit. Everyone in the NFL gets hit hard, right? And some yeah. people get hit harder than others, and some people get hit in the head. And to see what he went through, it makes sense why, you know, people are saying in the chat, doctors are telling him he should retire because of all the stress his body's been through. And I think the crazy part, Ray, is like, imagine how much relief you'd feel if you were to, if you just, I'm just going to retire. You know, you don't have to deal with the rehab. Yeah, but you don't have to but deal the, with the potential. But then there's the... Then there's the side of the competing, right? Yeah, this is what like he was you still want to do, compete. man. Like he he's doing something that a tiny, minuscule amount of people even have an ability or even have a chance to put themselves in a position to do. He's 24 years old. Like this is what he wants to do. This is his life, man. He's he's dreamed of playing in the NFL. The competitor wants to get out there, but I mean, he has hit the 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 stage of his career where he's vested in the NFL. So money's not an yeah. issue. Like, he's going to be okay. I just, w- w- I hope for the best, man. I want to see him play. But it's just a, it's a conversation that we had discussed, man. And I'll tell you this. Crazy. When I lost Trey Lance on a couple of teams, I went out and I was trying hard 
to trade for Tua. I wouldn't do that move right now. There's no, no. way on earth I would trade my Trey Lance, even though he's out for the year, for Tua at this point. It's just, it's 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 frightening. It's it's it, the ankle injury sucks for Trey Lance, but I'm not scared yeah. for Trey Lance next year. I'm not scared yeah. when Trey Lance gets in that something uh, he might be a little hesitant. The Tua yeah. thing is concerning because you just you never know how that up there is going to impact everything. And I just I'm trying to give the people some actual advice. And I see a lot of people thinking, oh, I think and oh, I think it's only going to be a week or he'll be back in two weeks. I just even if he does, like, do you want to deal with that moving forward on your rosters, man? Like, I'm asking the no. real questions, man. Like, what do you do with Tua? No, I don't. I think if you can sell him for a first, you have to do it. If it's lower than that and people really aren't buying, mm -hmm. then maybe you just have to hold and pray for a sell window. But I think the biggest concern is, like, if he comes back and it happens again, like, he's not playing the rest of yeah. the year. Like, there's no way. And then it's, you know, how long do you wait? And he's going to... He's going to obviously come back more likely than not, but it's just, it's concerning, right? It's not something you want to see. And and people talk about, you know, fighters getting punch drunk and, and the same type of things with quarterbacks. Like at some point he's going to be skittish in the pocket because he's not just going to stand there and get hit all the time if he keeps getting these concussions. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Um, Real quick, let's touch on the other side of the ball last night. How awful is Matt Ryan? I mean, honestly, <laughs> how awful is Matt Ryan? He's better than Russell Wilson. I'll tell you that. He's better than Russell Wilson, and I don't really think it's that debatable. He had a better QBR and a better passer rating. Oh, 20, Wilson. A 20 QBR for Matt Ryan. 50 I'm just is saying. average. 50 is average. I'm just, had... I'm just saying he was better than Russell Wilson last night, so I will give him that credit. Um, I think it's funny because Matt Ryan plays three bad quarters every game, and then in the fourth quarter, fourth quarter he turns if they're it on. close and they need to win, turns it on. He, somehow gets it done. Turns it um, on. Ray, but for me, don't care about Matt Ryan. Deion Jackson actually did look pretty good. I think the story he is did. Alec Pierce. Alec Pierce led the team in targets, receptions, and receiving yards Damn. yesterday. How much did you love seeing Antoine Pierce, our boy, get a ton of action yesterday? <laughs> That's yeah, our shout out to Antoine Pierce. boy, man. We've been on Antoine Pierce since February, man. I, I, I mean, it was, uh, he played, he's fast. He looked fast Very out fast. there. He looks very fast. Yeah, he almost fumbled one, but he uh, they got it back. I said the big yep. takeaways was he looked good, man. You know, yeah. for everybody that wants Paris Campbell to be a thing, for everybody that wants uh, Ashton Doolin to be this thing, it's 100% Michael Pittman and Alan, Al, <laughs> Alec, I was going to call him Antoine, Alec <laughs> Pierce. It should be those two moving forward. Eight for 81, nine targets, like you said, led the team. This is hurting my Michael Pittman entering the top 12 category. I'll tell you that right it now. Is. And again, some people some people bought like this is, could be a legitimate game-changing wide receiver. And other people were like, he's solid, but he's not a number one, right? So it's one of those things like you probably should have cashed out. At one point, Michael Pittman was being valued as like wide receiver seven going yeah. into the season. Like after week one, he was way up there. You probably should have sold him then. Um, it was a good – those two look good. I agree. Deion Jackson looks solid in relief yeah. of Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I can see why. Right and, and and I was going to save that one for last. Uh, scary looking hit. And yeah. the crazy thing about these, man, you just never know how they impact your like the Tua hit when it first happened. I don't think anybody thought he was hurt. He just got kind of it looked like he just got slung to the ground. And then he was motionless with Neem Hines. It didn't look like it, at least the angle that I saw. I didn't it didn't look like a devastating hit, right? It wasn't yeah. it wasn't that receiver going across the middle and getting crushed. Prayers up to Hines. Looks like he walked he walked off the field fine. He stumbled yeah, around, he but just man, it is uh scary. It's a, it, it just it's a good reminder of two things. One, this is why I we try hard not to just be like like we were like we're Matt Ryan is stinking it up right now. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> But he's had a, a Hall of Fame level of career, right? He's been an yeah. awesome quarterback in the NFL for multiple years. But this is a gladiator game, man. This is, this is, I've had one concussion, and I swear to God, I remember everything up until that point. And then I just remember waking up in the in the in the back of the training room. Don't remember anything from it. Um yeah. it's a it's a it's a crazy game. And in this fantasy football world that we play in. Injuries week to week, man. It's it's the draft is only step one of winning your league, man. Roster management, 
the attrition from injuries, that's really how you how you win is staying tapped in and being on top of it because I don't care who you draft, players are going to get injured for the year, for multiple weeks, disappoint, underperform. You got to constantly be manipulating your rosters constantly. And if you're not doing that, if you're not paying attention to, to what's going on, what your league mates are doing, the top of the leaderboard, the bottom of the leaderboard, you're not going to win in Dynasty. If you just think that you can draft and just chill, what are you even doing? You're wasting time and you're wasting money, man. Uh, but, Jay, we got some games that we got to get to for the weekend. And, yeah, I know. We're 23 minutes in and it's been Colts and Tua and all of that. Uh, you got some news, so let's do that really quickly, Jay. Uh, is that all right with you? Can we just can yep. we get you up real quick? Yeah, so the biggest news in the world of sports covered and brought to you by one man jordan richards this is straight facts presented by michelle adoro all right ray so quickly um some news around the nfl Kadarius tony is out so is kenny galladay uh so the giants basically have nobody at receiver this weekend uh, Curtis Samuel was a DMP on Thursday, already without Desha- uh, Deshaun, <laughs> Jahan Dodson. So the commanders could be without Samuel, but I think he's probably going to be back. But weird that he was DMP'd on Thursday. Michael Thomas not at practice yesterday, so he's probably not going to play. Tom Brady reportedly with a shoulder and finger injury, which I did not see any evidence of that until that popped up on the injury report. He said he's going to play, though. Isaiah McKenzie returned to practice after suffering a concussion. He was in a non-contact jersey. Um, This is important because Jameson Crowder does have a broken ankle, but I would look out for Khalil Shakur in some of your deeper leagues or even some of your shallow leagues because there's no guarantee that McKenzie will play. Um, With the heightened sensitivity towards concussions with the Tua issue, there is a chance that McKenzie doesn't play. Um, and then, of course, they I've mentioned this before, they do have Kansas City next week, which will be a massive game. So you want to have as many pieces of that game as you can. And Kyle Pitts did not practice on Thursday. No uh. reports, though, that I saw as to why. Dwayne McFarland said Kyle Pitts was not seen on the field at practice so far today. The Falcons taking game day simulations to another level. Uh. Um, hilarious. Love Dwayne. That's one uh, of the best tweets Kyle of the year Pitts. right there. Uh, man, just not good. killing me Hopefully you get, he'll be back today, but it was weird to not see him at practice, though. All right, we are six weeks into the college football season. If you can count, mm-hmm. if you count week zero, so we've got a good chunk of data in the college football world, and I think it's it's time for us in Dynasty to start thinking about next year's class and really paying attention to some of the players that are potentially going to be the difference makers in next year's class. So I got a couple of games that I want to highlight this weekend that I think we all should be paying attention to, and they may not be the most competitive games, but there are reasons why you should be paying attention. Uh, Clemson versus Boston College. It's the ABC uh, game of the week on, uh, I think it's like 6.30 my time or 7.30 Central Time. But DJ Uyangagale, uh, we need to be paying attention to him, man. This was a cat that we thought going into last year would be the consensus 101 in Superflex drafts in 2023. He had a bad season last year, but the dude has completely rebounded this year. He's only got one interception, 11 touchdowns, uh, 1,200 yards, completion percentages up. He's playing damn good football. Boston College, Phil Jakovich, another one of these draft-eligible quarterbacks. But when you're talking about, you look across the NFL landscape now, quarterback play is bad. The Falcons, the Colts, the Commanders, the list goes on and on and on. You're going to have some NFL teams looking for a new quarterback next year. DJU should definitely be on the radar, so make sure you tap into Clemson Boston College, as well as number 8 Tennessee versus LSU. Hendon Hooker, I'm telling you right now, he's going to be a first-round pick. Hendon Hooker is performing and operating at such a high level in Josh Heupel's offense for Tennessee. And say what you want, LSU still has playmakers, man. They got a defensive, uh, an edge rusher, uh, Ojalari, out there for LSU that's going to that's gonna get after Hendon Hooker a little bit and make things a little bit difficult for that offense. But getting a chance to see Hendon Hooker versus LSU, we're still waiting for something from Kayshawn Boutte. Uh, this is a game people should be paying attention to with two high-end draft-eligible players in the 23 class. We also, this weekend, you need to be checking out Texas versus Oklahoma, the Red River Showdown, Bijan Robinson versus Oklahoma. Oklahoma is banged up. I think Texas will roll them. Quinn Ewers is back, but Bijan Robinson, everybody's 101 next year, whether it's single quarterback or super flex. Make sure you're tapped into Texas, Oklahoma. The big one for me, Jay, is BYU versus Notre Dame. And we get an opportunity to see a name that should be a quick hot riser, Jaron Hall, quarterback out of BYU, tons of first-round buzz. 
He is balling this season. I mean, throws out of his mind. If you like Zach Wilson, people are going to love Jaron Hall. And if he can do it on national stage versus Notre Dame, I think he will go ahead and start to assert himself as one of the top five quarterback prospects in this class. You also have Michael Mayer, the best tight end in this NFL draft class. Uh, In my opinion, it's not deep, but he's the best of the best. He's a solid tight end. So you get to see a little uh, Jaron Hall versus Michael Mayer. Notre Dame versus BYU should be a good matchup. I'm throwing this one out here, Jay, because uh, my TDN brethren and sisters, man, they are telling me Cam Ward is the real deal. And we 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 like the talent of Ward. We always question Washington State quarterbacks. But Cam Ward versus USC this weekend, this should be a big-time opportunity for Cam Ward to put yep. his name on the map. I had him pegged as a breakout player this year. I'm not quite sure he's going to enter the draft in 2023, but there's potential, there's a potential that he does. So Cam Ward versus Jordan Addison, the wide receiver one in the 2023 class, Washington State, USC. And then the final game to pay attention to, Devon A. Chain versus Jameer Gibbs, Texas A&M versus Alabama. A&M's Max Johnson is hurt. We know Haynes King is bad, but it's Devon A. Chain. He's a top five back in the class versus right now the RB2 in the class in Jameer Gibbs. I don't know if Bryce Young is going to play in this one. Game if, time decision. Game time decision. I just, just looked it up, yeah. There it is. Game time decision for Bryce Young. They should sit him, roll out Jalen Milrow. We get a glimpse of a 24 eligible prospect that will be coveted in rookie drafts. So there go the games you need to be paying attention to. A&M Bama, Washington State, USC, BYU, Notre Dame, Texas, Oklahoma, Tennessee, LSU, and DJU led Clemson versus Boston College. And one more thing about DJU, they're going to win the ACC. They should win the ACC. If that happens, he's going to be in the college football playoff. Six foot four, six foot five, 240 pounds that can run and throw the ball all over the field. DJU has definitely rehabilitated his draft stock. I'm very impressed by this young man. Jay, anything else you want to add before uh, we move on to the NFL? No. Um, the only player I don't think, I don't know if you mentioned them or not, was Zay Flowers, right? Zay Flowers, he, he Zay got Flowers. In this year, right? Yes. Um, you talked about Phil Jerkovich, but didn't mention Zay Flowers. He could probably be a di- Sorry uh, about day that. two guy, right? Yeah. No, I'm just... Just yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, a, that, was a, that was a miss. Yeah, Zay Flowers as well. Absolutely. Uh, Boston College, right? So yep. people who don't know where he plays, plays for Boston College. Um, so if you're watching DJU, look for Zay Flowers on their side. He's draft eligible and and really really talented. Outside of that, though, I think you nailed it, man. He did a good job. All right, man. NFL. What do we got? What are the games of the week? What are the plays? What are some bold predictions? Let's go. I think uh, you got the Chargers in Cleveland loaded up here right now. Jay, talk to us. So, yeah, the Chargers in Cleveland, it sounds ugly because of Jacoby Brissett. But outside of that, it should be a really good game. The Chargers are favored by two over under a 47 and a half. I think it's going to all depend on how good the Chargers defense is, right? You know, we say that every week. They're probably going to score points. I don't believe Keenan Allen is going to be active in this one. That's one we do have to watch. He's probably going to be more of a game time decision. But the Cleveland Browns have best rushing attack in all of football, right? So that's the biggest thing here. And the Chargers have been allowing a ton of big plays. The Chargers are 20th in rushing defense grade and allow 106 yards per game on the ground. But they've also seen them get gashed in back-to-back weeks. 50 yards by James Robinson, 75 yards untouched by Damian Pierce, and 5.4 yards per carry, which is the worst or second worst in all of the NFL. The Browns lead the league in 20-plus yard runs with eight. Next closest team is five, and Nick Chubb by himself has five 20-yard runs. My bold prediction for this game, Ray, is one, I think the Browns have a really good shot of winning it. They are at home, and I think that Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb will rush for 200-plus on the ground against the Chargers this week. How do you feel about this game? I'm sure you're excited to see Justin Herbert, but I do think that Nick Chubb could have a massive game. He should really be RB1. He's not quite RB1 in our rankings, but he probably should be with how bad the Chargers have been on the ground. I think that Nick Chubb can have a massive game this week. Love the call, man. Um, what, are yeah. you, what are your expectations for Amari Cooper in this one? Amari Cooper's been playing some good football as well. It's sort of like one of them underrated assets. Like People don't want Amari Cooper, but he's always... Yeah. Every time he's out there, he's good, right? He's getting targeted and he's good. What are your thoughts on Coop? Coop and Njoku. I'm not big on Cooper this week. I think whether he sees Samuel or he sees Jackson, he's going to get covered heavily, right? I don't think they bother switching. There's no point. They have good, two good corners on the outside. They can obviously guard him over the top. It'll be a lot of short stuff. I think Njoku can be fine because I think the linebacking core is probably one of the weaker spots for the Chargers. And Njoku is just so big, right? Having yeah. that rapport with Jacoby Brissett has been showed over the past two weeks. I think it can continue going forward. I, but I think it's going to be a lot of the run game. I think that Hunt's going to be heavily involved. Chubb, obviously best runner in the league right now could be heavily involved 
What's up? Quickly, um, starts from this game. Um, I'm going a little deeper. Would you start Josh Palmer in this matchup if Keenan Allen is inactive? Nope. No Josh Palmer. No. So the only no, Chargers he's been receiver. So you're only starting from the Chargers side of the ball. Uh, Austin Eckler, Gerald Everett, and Mike Williams. Those are your only three starts? I think so, yeah. I, I just don't want to play the Josh Palmer game. He's been fine in some games and bad in others. And so it's just... The Browns' defense is good enough that I don't think he's going to break the game for them. It will probably be Mike Williams. It will be Austin Eckler out of the backfield okay. because, the, again, the rush defense for the Browns hasn't been good either. So I think they do a little bit more on the ground that's a little bit closer, but I don't think that we're going to be starting. Or I don't think you should be starting Josh Palmer. At least Josh Palmer, yeah. Okay. And then from the Cleveland side, I'm just getting deep. Are you buying any Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, working his way into the offense? Are you buying that at all? I mean, I I buy that he's working his way into the offense. Okay. I don't think you can start him, right? Okay. I think the Chargers defense is too good on the back end. But I think if there's someone who's going to break a play, it's probably not going to be Cooper and more likely to be Donovan Peoples-Jones. Really? Because, again, the focus will be on Cooper, right? It won't be on Jones, who's arguably much he more explosive than he can get Atlanta, down the field. Man. He had nine targets, 71 yards on five receptions, man. I mean... That's that's Atlanta, though. I would tell AJ Terrell, okay. you're not too worried about okay. that Atlanta defense, right? right. But I, the Chargers is a different story. They got two two very good corners, Right on All the right. outside. So no matter who, yeah, who Patrick you are. is with me, DPJ getting usage. I just I'm throwing it out there, man. You might have a team where some of these damn uh, your wide receivers are going down like uh, going down like flies. Yeah. So I just wanted to throw it out there. All right, who do we have next, Jay? Who's next on the matchup? Uh, the next game I really want to watch is Miami and the New York Jets. Obviously, Zach Wilson up against Miami. Um, I think it'll be a really good matchup. The The big thing I'm looking for here, Ray, and we've been talking about it for a couple weeks now, is Sauce Gardner. Sauce mm. Gardner was brought in to stop, stop Tyreek Hill and stop yeah. Stephon Diggs in this division. And we haven't seen him match up against any of these receivers in the division so far. That's what we're going to see this weekend. Now, we will get Teddy Bridgewater. We already know that. The Dolphins, on top of that, also have one of the best rushing defenses in all of football. So do not necessarily expect a lot out of Brees Hall, especially on the ground, but out of the backfield, he could be all right. But they are 29th in coverage, allowing nearly 300 yards per game. So we could see a big game from Elijah Moore. Could see a big game from Garrett Wilson. And I talked about it on the waiver show. Corey Davis, as well, is definitely in play. Yeah. Depending on Xavier Howard's help, we know that he was banged up in the last matchup. So we'll see how he looks this week. Uh, whether he's full go. I don't think he's going to travel with anybody. They don't really have anyone I think is worth traveling with. But again, they do have talented corners outside, but have been getting gashed in the passing game. I think it all depends on how does Zach Wilson manage that pass rush because we know the pass rush is very good. And so I think they can get it done, though. Like, again, they're still allowing a ton of yards. The question for me, Ray, is, so Miami's favored by three. Do you think the Jets can win this game? Because I actually do think they yes. have a pretty good shot. But with yes. Teddy Bridgewater at the helm, he looked pretty good coming in relief. Now with a full week of practice against the Jets, I do believe there's a shot. And so, again, I think it can Zach Wilson get a win for sure. Is he going to, though? I'd say it's probably around 40-30%. I think the three points is actually pretty good. I think this game I'll, probably goes under two at 46. I'll tell you this, man. Um, I was not the biggest Zach Wilson fan coming out in 2021. Uh, he was not his QB4 for me. Wasn't the biggest fan, but I'll tell you what. Everything that the Patriots and the Bears, everything that they have not done for their quarterbacks, the Jets have done the complete opposite. And if I yeah. had to bet on, because here's the thing that I never denied about Zach Wilson is his arm talent, his ability to throw the football. That's obvious. If yeah. you said that he can't throw, you're a damn idiot. Like, yes, he's got a... I mean, he's probably got a top 10 arm in the league, man. He's, he can make every single throw. And the Jets have surrounded him with 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 pieces to help him be better, man. The offensive line, yeah. Elijah Vera Tucker, I think he's graded as one of the highest offensive gra- offensive graded uh, highest graded offensive lineman in the league. He's got a top seven tight end in football in Tyler Conklin right now. The way that he's playing, he's got three competent weapons on the outside to throw to. He's got two good running backs. I mean, everything around Zach Wilson. I mean, this is what it's like you this is what you wanted Mac Jones to be surrounded by, right? Yeah. This is what you want Justin Fields to be surrounded by. Everything that the Jets have done to surround their young quarterback to at least give him a chance to be successful. Yo, the Jets have done that, man. And you can't you can't knock you cannot deny that he's in a great situation to be successful. So I am um I'm backtracking, man. I, I want me, I want a little exposure to him because I do believe in Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore and Conklin and Brees Hall and Corey Davis and the weapons around Zach Wilson. So if I believe in those weapons, 
all he's got to do is just get the ball out, right? Just be yep. be an average quarterback and, and build upon that. He showed confidence. He can run the ball. I like I like what they're doing around Zach Wilson. Um, Jay, any any chance that we see some Skylar Thompson for Miami, the preseason <laughs> darling? Scott picked him up in a couple of places in some deep dynasty leagues. I picked up hey, man. Skyler, man. I mean, you just you he's never a backup. Know. You never know. You if never he gets know. in there, it's going to be YOLO ball. He is going to just run around and just make plays, man. Hey, man, to be, to be fair, how long did it take Brian Hoyer, Hoyer to get injured? A, a quarter? Couple, a couple of series, A quarter man. and a half, right? He was out early. Now it's Bailey Zappi season for the Patriots. Um, definitely, if he's out there, especially in some of your best ball leagues, he's worth the pickup. Like, you just never know. And and I think, to your point, he did look good in the preseason. Now, again, it's a different animal playing in the NFL in the regular season, but it's not a bad pickup at all. It's definitely worth uh, a roster spot in some of the deeper, deeper leagues, no doubt. Um, but let's move forward. Yep. We have Philly and Arizona, which, again, we'll see how Arizona plays. Philly's favored by five, over under 48 and a half. The Eagles are the number one team in the NFL in both passing and pass blocking grade per PFF, while they're third in receiving grade. So, again, the Eagles' offense is humming. The Cardinals have the third lowest pass rush and dead last in coverage in the NFL, which is not a great combination for Arizona. The Eagles should have no problem with the Cardinals. Even on the road, they should win by a considerable margin if they bring their A game. I have the Eagles winning by 12-plus and A.J. Brown going for 150 receiving yards as my bold prediction. Ray, do you have any concerns about Philly? You know, I think... The, I think the question was answered for me this week. They got down 14 points to the Jaguars. Yes, it's the Jaguars. You can say they're no good, but it was really the first time we saw Philly tested. And in the rain, to come back down 14 points was a big enough moment for me. We talked about how they haven't been scoring much in the fourth quarter, and especially even in the third quarter, they haven't been scoring much. So I think, again, I don't know if they're going to be tested by Arizona, but the big talking point here is Arizona doesn't score in the first quarter. And right. they score a lot in the fourth quarter, right? <laughs> so is are, are, are they going to be tested in the fourth quarter of this game? I don't know. It's all on Kyler Murray. I don't expect anything from James Conner. Uh, question for you, Ray. Would you bench James Conner this week, depending Ugh. on, I guess, who you have? He's He's been so bad. He's, he's not really startable. He's so bad. It, doesn't Eno Benjamin just look better than him? Much and, better, which he, I never I, thought I, I'd I, say. I'm, I'm seeing people out here trading for James. I mean... We should have known that he wasn't going to score fucking 30 touchdowns again like he did last yeah. year. Um, do you bench him? You probably don't have that. You probably don't have the depth to do that. Who are you benching yeah. him for? Like, would you – let me just ask you. Would you bench him for Isaiah Pacheco? Are you there yet? Would you play Isaiah no. Pacheco? No, you wouldn't. Would you bench I don't him? I do that. Would you bench him for Khalil Herbert if David Montgomery is playing? Was, oh, playing. Ooh. Playing. He's playing. Would you bench yeah, him for David Montgomery? Tony no. Pollard or James Conner? Oh, I'd play Tony Pollard. Michael I'd Carter or James Conner? I'd probably play James Conner because Carter's probably seeing, what, 40% usage at best, and they have a tough matchup against Miami this week. J.K. Dobbins or James Conner? J.K. Dobbins. Not even okay. close. Not even close. Yeah, Philly's got to keep their foot on the gas, man. They've been uh, – they kind of dick around, man, in the, in later in the game. They do. They, they kind of play around. They don't score. They get up. They, they came back versus Jacksonville – but they just need to keep their foot on the gas. I'm excited for this one. You see two young stud quarterbacks play. Um, Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Goddard and Miles Sanders and the offensive line. and the deep. They're all balling. Philly is scary. This is a dangerous team. And I do want to give some credit to Kyler Murray because he is single-handedly yeah. keeping them afloat. Because offensively, outside of Hollywood and Hurts, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Yeah. The offensive line is bad. Cliff Kingsbury's bad. This is... Kyler's doing what you want Russell Wilson to do, right? Yeah. Despite the coach, despite the situation, he's raising the floor of the players around him. He's getting the ball to Hollywood. He's getting the ball to Ertz. He's making plays. He he's getting sacked and he's doing. But he's 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 fighting, man. He's out there fighting and battling. That's what you want to see Russell Wilson do. And we're not getting out of him. Uh, I don't know if you asked me anything in particular about this game. Uh, your bold prediction, Eagles win by 12-plus, and A.J. Brown, 150 yards? Yeah. I don't know, how bold, I don't know how bold that is, but I, I think I'm on board with you, man. Hey, they're I only think... favored by five. They're on the road. Okay, like, all right. It's, that's it's all bold. bold. All right, give us the next one. Who we got? Uh, next one is your Cowboys traveling to L.A. Um, I'll just give you my bold prediction straight off the bat. I think Dallas wins the game outright and by more than a touchdown. <laughs> 
Um, Dallas, again, they're five and a half point dogs. I think they win by more than a touchdown pretty easily. Dallas has a second highest rated pass rush in the NFL, according to PFF, which is higher than the 49ers, who just beat the shit out of Matthew Stafford on Monday Night Football. Dallas is also sixth in coverage and third in points allowed. Cooper Rush has been good, man. Say what you want about the Dallas Cowboys and their offense, but Cooper Rush has been good enough. They are not scoring a ton of points, only 71, I believe, on the season. But the Rams, I just I don't know how they turned around against Dallas. They didn't do anything against the 49ers outside of their first drive, which was scripted. And, you know, that's just what happens in the NFL. After that, things kind of fall apart. Dallas's pass rush is too good. I think it's going to continue in L.A. I think Mike is going to have a massive game. I just don't see how the Rams are going to win this one. They, outside of Cooper Cup, who he, he could still have 200 yards receiving, and they could still lose. So I'm not really sure how they're going to make that happen. Dallas, we know, has a nose for turnovers whether it's fumbles or interceptions. We know Matthew Stafford is prone to that. I believe he's thrown seven on the season so far. So Dallas is definitely in play for an interception there as well. And we know even sometimes they can get pick sixes. Yeah, I just don't see a world where the Rams win this game. I'm not sure how they're going to write the ship against Dallas. The pass rush is too good. The offensive line isn't, isn't where it needs to be. Maybe they can. I just don't see it happening this week. I think Dallas wins pretty easily. Rubio asked this question. Cooper, Rush, or Dak Prescott? It's actually been a debate. Dallas has a bye in week nine. Apparently, Dak still can't grip the ball. I think they just need to yeah. hold him out until after the week nine bye. Bring him back week Absolutely. 10. Absolutely. Okay? I'm going to say this, and I've been, I've been on record in saying this, man. If Cooper Rush somehow runs the table and is undefeated through the bye, they just need to play him for the rest of the year. Yeah. I know what they're paying Dak. They, just, they need to play him until he screws up, right? And then you put Dak back in. Just ride the hot hand. Dak has got the rest of this year, and he's got next year. If Dak yeah. can't get it done next season as the starter, Dallas, contract-wise, they can get out in 2024, and they're going to go in a different direction. I don't think – first of all, Jerry Jones and them did not want to give him that big money deal in the first place. Like They, they didn't want to pay Dak. They did not want to pay Dak Prescott. Cooper Rush is operating the offense. I'm not saying he's better than Dak. I don't think that to be the case. But he's operating the offense fine right now. If Dak comes back next year and doesn't get it done, doesn't lead that team deep into the playoff, they will go in another direction. I think he's got the rest of this yeah. year and next year to figure it out, and Dallas is just going to – I think they would take the out, man. I think they would take the out. So I'm hoping he gets it together. My dynasty shares are kind of like Dak. You need to get. I got a lot of exposure to Dak Prescott, and I'm slowly trying to liquidate. I've been getting some out. Yeah, I've I'm been slowly out trying to liquidate a little bit of that because I do think there is an out in 2024. Um, he better just ask him. Would you trade Fields in a 23 first for Dak? No, no absolutely not. You go the other I, way, right? Like, would I wait? Would I would I get Dak or would I get Fields? Get Dak. Get Dak. Yes. I don't I don't want I don't want Justin Fields. I'm good. I am good on that one. All right, where are we at, Jay? Last game, game of the week, Sunday night football, Cincinnati versus Baltimore. Baltimore favored by a three after getting thumped both times last season. Over under 40 and a half. That should probably go over pretty easily. Baltimore looking for revenge after I mentioned getting killed by Cincinnati twice last year. Jamar Chase had 325 receiving yards, I believe, and three touchdowns. Just against Baltimore last year, Cincinnati comes back into this contest, bottom five in pass blocking grade and 10th in receiving grade. Baltimore has the 11th ranked pass rush and 16th in coverage, but still allow the most passing yards per game in the NFL. That, to me, is the X factor, is how good does Baltimore play on defense? I think that Baltimore's offense is going to be fine. It is worth mentioning that the Cincinnati run defense is still top five in the NFL, as it was last season. I think the biggest thing, right, is can Jamar Chase and T. Higgins get loose like they did last season? I don't know if that's going to be the case. I think if, if I was to pick something, I think Lamar Jackson is going to go off in this one. Like, I see 400 total yards, 100 on the ground, 300 through the air, and five touchdowns, because I just... I think that if there's one thing that Lamar Jackson wants more than anything, it's to beat the living shit out of Cincinnati. Really? I I think more than anything, he wants to crush it. Cincinnati's been riding so high, talking all their shit, kings of the division, favorites, mm. all this stuff. Now they're coming to Baltimore, and I think it's going to be a very hostile environment. I think those receivers are going to get beat up at the line of scrimmage. I think they're going to get hit over the middle. It's going to be a chippy game. I think Lamar knows that he has to take his game to the next level in this one. I understand people are saying that Baltimore's defense is so bad, and I'm with that 100%. I'm not saying bench the receivers, but I think it could be a very chippy contest. 
Sunday night football. Baltimore is going to be big mad about Man, what happened that's last be season. Such it's a their good first. Game. It's going to be their first crack at Cincinnati this year, and they're playing at home. I think Lamar Jackson is going to put the team on his back, and I think they're going to win pretty easily. We all thought that Buffalo would go in and beat the shit out of Baltimore because of that pass defense. Now, it was raining a lot, but I think that overall, Baltimore's going to be ready for this one. This is the one they've had circled on their schedule, I think, more than anything else. Man, and no, I didn't I, see I the Burrow interview for Cole Ward, who was asking. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait for that game because we know what Jamar Chase has done to Baltimore. Uh, yeah. It throughout his young career last year, what he did to Marlon Humphrey and the Baltimore Ravens. And he started off kind of slow this year as well. Jamar Chase has been a little slow to start off, right? He had, a, I think he had a big game in week one. He caught a touchdown in week two, but a little quiet. So he's due for a big game, a due for a big blow up game. Jamar Chase, uh, this, this should be fun. I'm with you. I think Lamar Jackson is going to put the team on his back. I think it's going to be a high scoring game because you can move the ball on Cincinnati and you know Lamar coming off of they didn't he didn't play well the Ravens didn't play well yeah. versus Buffalo now weather definitely played a role in that and that's one of the things I are, are there any is there any storm going on in the NFL this week that we need to pay attention to because golly man the weather has been killing us in some of these uh exciting matchups so I'm hopeful that in this Baltimore um, Cincinnati game the weather isn't fine. shit okay looks fine 66 and Sonny on Sunday, right. so it should be fine. Quick question for you. Geno Smith, is he going to be a top five quarterback this week versus New Orleans? Seattle versus Absolutely New Orleans? Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. Okay. Well, <laughs> not top cool. five. Top two. Not Why, top not? Five. Why not? Why well, not? Just, I don't five. think it's going to happen this week. He could okay. be fine. I don't think it's going to be top top five. Probably not even top ten, but we'll see. Not there's, there's a lot of good matchups this week. week. Not there's top a lot 10. of good matchups this week. Yeah. Okay. Buffalo-Pittsburgh, are you excited for Kenny Pickett? Uh, no, not for, well, I'm excited to see him. I'm not excited for him though. He's going to have a tough go. Buffalo has the number one pass rush in the NFL. So he's going to, he's going to have his work cut out for him in this one. Houston, Jacksonville. Uh, are you my, that one I am excited for. I am that a little bit, almost, a little bit. I almost put that one in the, you know, I picked five games to talk about. That was almost one of them. I decided to go with Miami and the Jets because I'm favor the AL East a little bit more or the AL East. Whoa. AFC East. AL East, <laughs> man. AL Aaron East Jones going to baseball. Talk. Yeah, baseball. Yeah, he's talking about Jay's play today. Let's go. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, no, I favor them a little bit. But yeah, no, I think this should be a really good one. Obviously, Damian Pierce. Hopefully, see some more Trevor Lawrence against a not as good defense. See how he performs. I think he needs a bounce back game. I think Houston is playing better, and I hope to see some Damian Pierce. And you know, we'll see you from there. But I think it could be a good game. I think Houston's better than people give them credit for. Starting Jared Goff with confidence versus New England. Huh. That's tough, man. Um, the only fear for that game, and just to talk about it, like obviously Bailey Zappi starting, you want to start Ramondre and Damian Harris, no matter Absolutely. what. The rush defense Absolutely. for Detroit is terrible. Start both those guys. The defense I think for my, Detroit is terrible, period. They allow 455 yards per game. Yeah. One, and six, they allow 165 on the ground and 290 through the air. Yeah, it's it's bad, right? So we know they're not going to pass a lot. So it will be a quick game, right? I expect, you know, expect when Buffalo played um, New England in the, the windy game, right? New England ran the ball every play, right? They didn't care. They ran the ball every play. I expect that to happen again, right? I think that's the biggest problem. And so Goff's opportunities on the other side of it in a quick game may be a little bit limited. I think you probably start them. Um, I don't know. Have you seen anything about Amaral St. Brown and Shark and all those guys? I, I haven't I just seen anything saw, about their I, reports I, I, I saw he wasn't practicing, so I don't even yeah. know if Amaral still – I don't know if he's in – I don't know. I, what happened to him? Is it an, a high ankle sprain? I forget whether ah, it was man. that or... But the thing the thing to remember is that if they're no, not they playing, didn't practice. still could be fine. Him and Swift yeah. did not practice. And so at that point, I'd be willing, if you have other options that you think are in fine spots, I'd be fine benching him. I don't think he's in a smash spot. He's not playing Seattle like... I think Bill can have a game plan for Jared Goff, right? We know that that's not going to be the case necessarily for Seattle, but Bill will have a game plan for him. And I think, again, this could be a quick game where you see a lot more running from the Patriots. The clock goes down quickly, very long, sustained drives, even with Bailey Zappi at the helm. And that just makes Jared Goff's job a little bit harder and playing a much better defense this week. The Patriots aren't a great defense, but I think they can scheme up a, a plan for Jared Goff, especially if Amar St. Brown and Swift and potentially even Shark aren't playing this weekend. Um, Justin Fields, just really quickly, does he get it on track versus Minnesota? Maybe. That game's in Minnesota, right? If I if mm -hmm. I recall correctly. It is. Which is the reason why I sort of 
like it. I mean, you're not starting Justin Fields, but I think he can have a pretty decent game. Minnesota's not great. We saw what Jalen Hurts did to them. Not trying to say they're comparable, but Jalen Hurts can run 50 yards and throw over 200 against Minnesota, at which point I think he probably has a good game. And hopefully, hopefully he can find the end zone, whether that's through the air or on the ground. Three and one Giants versus the three and one Packers at 8 a.m. It's an early morning London, London game. game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Saquon, you throw, you're starting Romeo Dubs. You're starting yep. Saquon Barkley. You're starting... Alan Lazard, you're starting Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. You're starting yep. Daniel Jones, probably, in Superflex. You have to start Daniel Jones. Yeah, He's yeah. been solid. Um, you think he can he can hold up against the Packers? I'm a little fearful we'll of him against the Packers. We'll see. That, the, only, the only scare with him is the Saquon. ankle, right? I think it's going to be heavy be. Saquon. Heavy Saquon. Yeah, it will be. But definitely if he gets hit, right? Like the If he gets rolled up on, he could be out. But I don't even know who their backup quarterback is right now. That's the bigger fear is they must have brought somebody in with Tyrod Taylor potentially being out um, again. But it's I, I'm I'm a little bit fearful of Jones because with the angle, he's probably not going to run, which really caps his upside for me. That's the biggest problem. Um, two more really quickly. Kyle Pitts, Drake London versus Tampa Bay. Any hope? No, thank you. Tom wow. Brady is probably going to go for 350 and four against the Falcons. And Remember, 10 in his career. The last one. Is there any way? We see Sam Howell or Malik Willis get in the game versus uh, Washington and Tennessee. Is there any chance we see those two get on the field? Probably. Um, Sam Howell, Sam Howell, maybe, right? Like, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if Tennessee blew out Washington. But I don't think Malik Willis oh, is getting in the man. game against no, Washington. Yeah, I, I don't expect Tennessee. I don't expect Washington to blow out Tennessee by any stretch. Um, yeah. But maybe yeah. Sam Howell. You know, if, like, imagine if Carson Wentz comes out, throws like two pick sixes or something, where they just they have no choice. They got it. They got to make a move. But we probably see Taylor Heineke. I think more than yeah. Else. I think I think Taylor Heineke would be next up. They're not going to just throw. Not at not at week five. They're not not in week five. They're not going to throw Sam out there in week five. No, not in week you five. You never know. All right, man. Good show, Jay. Good week. Good week. What do we have on tap? Yep. We got some stuff. Uh, we got college football plays over on Prize Picks that are dropped today. Uh, if you if you do NFL betting, Jay Rich is going to do a video this weekend. Yeah, I think the most exciting thing from the sports world yesterday was damn Victor won by what? How do you say his last name? <laughs> Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, dude. Did you see the picture of him standing next to Rudy Gobert? Yeah, Rudy Gobert looked like a like regular a, civilian, like a regular guy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Next, and he's a seven footer. Yeah. Just insane, dude. Like the hyper seven four handle. Like pe- people were tweeting threes, out last night. The, the Broncos insane. and the Colts are tanking for for him. Like they're <laughs> tanking to get him. Wow, impressive, yep. man. Impressive. NBA yeah, he's is back. In, he's insane. Mike Anderson. NBA right. back soon. Yeah, yeah NBA back soon. Uh, newsletter, dope newsletter. It's free. Link, Link in the in description. description. Link in the description. America's Game, Eric Vanek and Scott Connor tomorrow. 40 Chess yep. today. Off the line fantasy yesterday. Start sit show on Sunday. And, uh, yeah. and then Jeff's Injury Pod. Make sure you tune in injury for that. Pod. Because there are a lot of injuries. So tune in to Jeff's Injury Pod. That drops Sunday morning on DD Radio. Uh, look at that. Now now y'all want to talk about basketball. Now, now you ain't <laughs> shitting on us for talking about the NBA. We appreciate everybody tapping in. Happy birthday, Cole. We got a birthday in the building. Let's we go. got a couple of super chats real quick before we get out of here. I almost forgot. Would you trade Pollard for Pacheco straight up? Or would it take an additional pick to the Tony side to make it work? I don't know, man. Who do you want, would Pollard you or Pacheco? Move? I think I still want Pollard. Am I crazy for wanting Tony Pollard over Pacheco? I don't think you're crazy at all. I mean, it's close. I, want I think both they do. of them. I kind of want, yeah. want I want exposure to Pacheco. I think it's it's a matter of when not if he starts to get more opportunity. But I mean, what are you going to get? You got to uh, Well, I got offered a second and I'm I didn't sell for a second. I'm good. I'll wait. Yeah. I'll wait. I'll wait. Yeah. All right, and then That's Fizzle tough. Dollar sent us a super chat. Shout out Fizzle. Whoa, yeah, make sure you yeah, Yes, Fizzle, sir. Fizzle song, baby. All right, y'all have a good weekend. Enjoy football, and make sure y'all wake y'all asses up with us on Monday morning so we can talk about all the chaos that will inevitably happen in the college world and in the NFL world. Thank y'all for watching the Wake Up Show with myself and Jay Rich. If you finished the show and you're still hanging around and have yet to hit the thumbs up button or subscribe to the channel, do that right now and turn them alerts on while you're at it. If you want more exclusive access to me, Jay Rich, the entire Destination Debbie team, Patreon.com forward slash all gas gives you that access. Make sure you subscribe to the newsletter for free 99 content. And if you want to get in on that action, use the promo code WAKEUP over on Prize Picks for a 100% deposit match 
up to $100 for first-time users, and a brand new show dropping on the Mojo YouTube channel. Myself and Jay Rich will be talking about these players and their value from a stock market perspective every single week this fall over on Mojo. It's all gas all the time. Love y'all. I'm out of this thing. Peace.